Welcome to episode 199 of the Scarlet Faithful Podcast. I'm Aaron Brightman coming to you on Monday night, a little bit late uh, for the start of this week. Uh, wasn't I guess I did take off a little bit for the bye week in terms of podcasts, not the site itself. I've been having content come out on a regular basis. We had a lot of interviews last week, uh, ending with Mike Teal last Thursday. And was hoping to get a mailbag out on Friday. It didn't happen. Didn't get a lot of feedback. And also just life kind of happened. Halloween weekend, obviously, with two kids is pretty busy. Had a trunk or treat. And uh, tomorrow's the big day, meaning Tuesday for Halloween. So catching up now. But I did want to cover a lot of things on this episode. Uh, in terms of where Rutgers is right now, it just feels like this is a, a kind of a very key moment in time for the athletics department as a whole uh, with so many different sports. Opportunity is is ripe. You know, two years ago, Rutgers made a huge step in, you know, the Director's Cup standings, uh, Big Ten championships for the first time. Uh, it was six teams went to the NCAA tournament. It was it was it was a landmark year for the athletics department. And then last year, obviously, was it was a pretty big step back both in teams going to the NCAA tournament, uh, you know, in terms of uh, the way they competed in the Big Ten. Overall, just it was it was a down year, right? But I never thought that it was a downward trend uh, long term, you know, and sometimes you have to get knocked back after you make a step forward to then pick yourself back up, regroup, and get better. And I think we're seeing that right now with a lot of programs that – you know, some aren't even having their best years, and then some years are some teams are about to start, but it all feels like forward progress in different different ways. So let's start with Rutgers women's soccer. You know, there seems to be a little bit of um, it, it's great that they get as much buzz among fans as they do. They deserve it. They've made eleven straight NCAA tournaments. They've been the most successful uh, Rutgers program consistently over the last decade, uh, and yeah. They haven't had their type of year. They just uh, were eliminated from the Big Ten uh, quarterfinals on Sunday. It was a draw, so it's important to understand that it was not a loss. Uh, it was a scoreless draw through two overtimes. They went to a shootout. They did lose the shootout, so Wisconsin advances. Uh, they were the three-seed, Rutgers the six-seed, uh, four-to-one shootout win, but it was a scoreless game. Now, Wisconsin dominated play. They dominated just 29-8. to eight. Uh, this Rutgers team, you know, offensively is struggling, but they made a few key saves down the stretch and they gutted it out, you know, and they got a key draw against the number 20 team in the RPI rankings. Rutgers was number 34 coming in and they're number 34 as of right now. And if you, you know, every sport's a little bit different, but women's soccer, the field uh, for the NCAA tournament is 64 teams. So that means over 30 at large berths and Rutgers is right in line. Even though they've had, you know, a disappointing season for them by their standards, uh, they have won. They've gone four one and one in their last six games, five two and two in their last nine. And Olivia Bodmer, their freshman goalkeeper, has been fantastic. Emily Mason's rounding to form. Uh, you know, offensively, you're seeing Ashley Barron, a freshman. Riley Tiernan, we know, is uh, Riley Tiernan and Emily Mason both made second team All Big Ten. There's a lot of talent on this team. Sarah Brocious, uh, Becky Fluchel, they, they've all made some big contributions of late. There's no reason to give up on this team. And uh, they are projected in as of now. Chris Henderson, who pretty much is the kind of authority on women's soccer bracketology, has them as the number seven at-large team right now. 
Uh, and as I said, you know, close to 30 teams make it. So they're, they're, they're in pretty good shape. Now they're not going to get a home game. Most likely, uh, you know, it could be, get an eight, nine game, which means if you do win, you play the one seed in the second round. So it's not a better roses by any means, but if the best program at Rutgers, a down year is, you know, making the NCAA tournament for a 12th straight year and hopefully potentially winning a game in the NCAA tournament, that's, that's a good down year. And yes, some evaluations have to happen. Some, you know, uh, certainly uh, the program has some uh, evaluations to do and just kind of assessments in terms of where they're headed. But there's a ton of talent in this program. It's a, it's a really good coaching staff. You're not going to have your best year every year. Fundamentally, yeah, they, they need, I think offensively, they need to look at things. But Rutgers women's soccer, very much firmly alive for their 12th consecutive NCAA tournament bid we'll find out next monday uh the sixth uh with the ncaa tournament selection show but i would say as of now it looks like they're in obviously conference tournaments you don't want a lot of crazy stuff to happen uh okay men's soccer that has been a disappointing year so far they're five seven five seven and one uh they ended the regular season in seventh place they earned the seventh seed in the men's soccer uh, big ten tournament uh, they are playing uh, Penn State next week, uh, excuse me, Friday, who they beat uh, recently, believe it or not, 2-1. Uh, to one. Penn State is the two seed, but Rutgers beat them 2-1 uh, to one at Yersack. They're going to be playing this game at State College. This is on November 3rd, uh, so this is Friday. Uh, it's the, the later game, uh, time DBA, but it's game four, so I assume it's the last game of the day. But, um, you know, they've been up and down. They had some bad non-conference performances uh, right right off the start. They lost to Delaware. They tied St. John's. Uh, those were two games that, you know, you kind of, I mean, you reverse those outcomes and, you know, you're right at 500 there. So um, it's, it's, it's obviously hasn't been what a lot of fans hoped it would be after winning the Big Ten tournament title last year. They do have a lot of faces back. They have some newcomers as well. Uh you know, there, there, there's a lot of talent on this team. It just hasn't gelled the way I think they thought it would. Uh, but, you know, they have a chance here to make a run in the Big Ten tournament. But I also think if they do, you know, exit, if they don't make a run in the Big Ten tournament, they're obviously not going to make the NCAA tournament. A, a step back does not mean the program is in decline. Jim McKeldry is a fantastic coach. I think he might have to readjust his approach in certain things. Maybe with recruiting, you know, uh, obviously club soccer is huge these days. Um, but maybe he looks at the mix of players and and, and uh, comes up with some type of assessment on maybe some changes in terms of how he's roster building. I don't know. All I'm saying is uh, it's an opportunity for them to get better. And with the Pac-12 coming in, uh, some powerhouses, UCLA, Washington, um, perhaps a reevaluation that sets the program on a little bit of a different approach moving forward could be a blessing in the long run field hockey started 15 and 0 was up to number three uh lost that absolute heartbreaker to northwestern the weekend before uh you know there's a lot of talk about it i wrote about it uh they lost the shootout you know they, they had scored what was the apparent winning goal and uh it was disallowed due to time uh, they did not beat the shot clock wasn't well explained uh during the telecast and ultimately, Northwestern won, you know, on BTM Plus, they said Rutgers have won the Big Ten. It was, I mean, it was heartbreaking. So 
they went out to Iowa, who's a top 10 team as well. And they, they uh, it was two to one in the third period. They ended up losing seven to two. Uh, obviously, you know, Rutgers was already assured the number two seed in the Big Ten tournament. So I really throw that one out the window because I think it was a total emotional letdown. And they got out of their system. And now the postseason begins. They're the number two seed. And they are going to uh, be hosting – well, they're, they're, the whole Big Ten tournament for field hockey is in Ann Arbor at Michigan. Rutgers field hockey, uh, the number two seed, playing the number seven seed, Michigan, who they beat in overtime this year. Uh, and then they play the winner of Iowa, who's actually the sixth seed, uh, but top ten in the country. That's how good this league is. And then Maryland, who Rutgers beat. So we want to see them get off the schneid there and, and uh, you know knock off Michigan, and then I think that kind of resets things. The bottom line is this team has a ton of talent. You know that that, that loss to Northwestern, they were a national finalist last year. Rutgers has beat Northwestern four to the last seven. This team has national title capabilities. They just have to get back on their winning ways and get their confidence back. But this team can make a real run. Final four, we'll see what happens. But I'm excited to see what they can do. Um, Meredith Civico, just what she's done over the years for the program has been amazing. And uh, I think that this is going to be a great postseason for that program. Volleyball got a huge win on Friday. Um, in defeating Iowa on the road. Iowa was in last place, winless going into it. Rutgers was down two sets to one. They won the last two sets. Then they played number one Nebraska on Sunday, and they took them in the first set. Nebraska is a powerhouse, and Rutgers only lost the first set 25-22. So that's that's something for a team like this, for a program like this, that you know, last week, uh, the week before, they, they lost to Illinois in five sets. Then they come back to be Iowa in five sets, and then they take the number one team in the country to 25-22. Now, Nebraska pulled away in the last two sets. It was 25-15, and um, you know the, the third set wasn't particularly close either. And they are going to host Nebraska at the rack uh, next weekend. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. But this is a program that's taking steps forward. They now have two Big Ten wins. Caitlin Schweighoffer's team taking a step forward. Uh, really positive to see. Let's... In the middle of this now, it's covering all these teams' football. So coming off the bye week, their stock went up. Their stock went up with the results that happened. Uh, I wrote about this as well over the weekend a few days ago, just in terms of Virginia Tech beating Syracuse, demolishing Syracuse. You had Northwestern beating Maryland. You had Indiana almost pulling off a shocker in Happy Valley against Penn State. It was tied with two and a half minutes to go. Um, it's... Uh, it's really encouraging. It's encouraging for this team now. Now, how they respond without Tyree Powell on defense now. Uh, can Gavin Wimson take another step forward? Can Kyle Monungai continue to do what he's doing on pace to be the first running back for a thousand plus yards in 10 years? Juwan Jamison, the last. Um, you know, does does Sam Brown or Avery Young maybe make more of an impact down the down the stretch as you're facing these great uh defensive teams, starting with Ohio State on Saturday? Uh, Ohio State is a little bit banged up. It's going to be interesting to see. I wrote about all the storylines today. There's a lot. It's pretty juicy. Um, but there's hope that, you know, Rutgers can have their most competitive game against Ohio State uh, since since the series began when they joined the Big Ten. Um, and that's saying something. So can they, can, can they capture the moment? You know, can they get out of November with at least one more win? Iowa firing, uh, well, uh, essentially pushing out Brian Ferentz as offensive coordinator. So that game's in two weeks. 
Uh, we know that, you know, that's a game they should absolutely have a chance to win. Then you go to Penn State, which, you know, maybe doesn't look as daunting as Indiana. Uh, but you know what? I'll say this. I was going to save it for that week, but Penn State fans will never admit this. James Franklin will never admit this. The team will never admit this. But Penn State gets up for Rutgers. And I think uh, I think other teams get up for Rutgers. Michigan gets up for Rutgers. We, we know, you know, aside from the science ceiling, they get up for Rutgers. I mean, Harbaugh just, uh, just went on and on about this team. Uh, they played them close after the last few years. But Penn State absolutely gets up for Rutgers. And it's going to be a very difficult game. But I'm really curious to see how Rutgers holds up in the trenches. They haven't held up well the last few years. And then you have Maryland home now. That's looking much more manageable. Certainly never an easy game. But that's pretty close to being a 50-50 game. And who knows what the health of either team will be at that point. Um, Mike Loxley's team typically is, you know, they're, they're, what, top top 20 in uh, top 25 in September. And then they just kind of fall apart. Rutgers could be getting them at the exact right time at the end of the season. We'll see what happens there. But, yes, it's not crazy to think they're going to get one win in November, possibly two. Who knows? Um, but eight and four is, is absolutely a real possibility. And then you have that bowl game. If they went eight and four, I think they have a real shot at the Music City Bowl in Nashville on December 30th. That would be against an SEC team. Someone, I forget who, projected them today to go to that bowl and play Tennessee. That would be pretty incredible just in terms of the Greg Schiano soap opera that happened at Tennessee um, I don't like that matchup on paper, but it sure would be heck fun to write about. Um, but football is at the point where they're playing with house money, but they have a real chance now to make an even bigger impression, to improve perception even more, to take a step forward as a program, uh, you know, really kind of accelerating a step. I don't think any of us really expected this year. And it's all on the table for them. So exciting times for football. And then just talking about the winter sports that are coming, uh, wrestling, you know, starts this weekend. Uh, and I think, you know, it's, it's, it's a much improved roster. Uh, it's a deeper team. They're at, uh, let's see, they're in California. They're going to be in San Luis Obispo, California, uh, Cal Poly and Duke. They have a, a um, try meet uh, on Friday, November 3rd. So, Wrestling, you know, had a lot in the transfer portal. Uh, they have all 10 weight classes ranked. They have, it's 12 or 13 wrestlers that have gone to nationals before. Uh, four ranked in the top 12 right now. Dean Peterson at 125. Uh, and then the back end of the of the, the lineup is just, I, I can't say it's been as good as it ever has since being in the Big Ten. I, you know, I, I, I'm not the right expert to say that. I have to, I'm going to have Eric Vesper on soon. Uh, our wrestling got to talk about it, but you have uh, Brian Sedano back at 184. He's ranked 10th in the preseason. John Pesnaski is back. He moved up a weight class, 197. He's at number 12. And then you have Yaroslav Slavikowski, the transfer from Harvard, who's ranked number six at heavyweight. I mean, that's three really, really good, skilled, tough wrestlers at the back of your lineup. Rutgers hasn't been very uh, traditionally heavy at the back end. They've always been typically more in the front. Um, so, uh, you have, you know, Dylan Schwaber back, uh, you have the transfers from Oklahoma, uh, Mitch Moore and Jacob Butler in the middle, uh, Jackson Turley is back. There's a lot of talent on this team. And I think that they took a step back last year. They're ranked 14th in the preseason this year. And I think Goodell has done a really good job of rebuilding the roster. And I think it's going to be a really hungry team. And I think records, records, wrestling is going to have a really fun season. I'm excited for it. You have women's basketball. 
uh, Co-Crease Washington into her second year. Uh, Destiny Adams of Mia Petticourt. She was from Texas A&M, former four-star. She's the point guard. Destiny Adams, I had her on the pod about, I don't know, maybe a month ago, a couple of weeks ago. It all blends together. I can't remember. Uh, I'm getting old. Um, they, they have a lot more talent that, you know, it just with those two players, former high-end recruits. Then you have Kaylin Smeichelback, who was second-team All-Big Ten last year, big-time scorer for them. Uh, China Cornwall is back. Uh, you have uh, seven key uh, players back from last year. They're still short in terms of scholarship players. They have a really difficult schedule. They have uh, Virginia Tech. You have Auburn and Seton Hall in the first week of the season. Next week, you have Virginia Tech soon after that, who went to the Final Four last year. you got to love Cokies Washington challenging this team. Um, but I think winning record is a realistic goal. I think it's you know certainly not going to be easy, but this team is going to be better. They're going to be more competitive. And it's all about building blocks and talking about the moment right now that I feel like Rutgers is in as an athletic department. You know, th this is what I mean in terms of uh, women's basketball. I feel like this is the type of team, the roster, the way it's constructed, uh, the stepping stones they have, the schedule that they're challenging themselves with. I think in a couple years, we're going to look back and say this program took a step forward in year two because of X, Y, and Z. Uh, in terms of men's basketball, that's kind of the last team. Well, I, I, you know what? I skipped baseball, uh, and I, I, I didn't mean to. But baseball is another one that had a big weekend recently. Fall ball, they played Vanderbilt, who was the SEC tournament champions. They finished second in the regular season. SEC power, and Rutgers beat them 16-6 uh, to six in 18 innings. They got uh, 22 strikeouts from their pitching staff. Uh, really encouraging results. Yes, it's fall. Yes, you know, it um, uh, doesn't count. But 16-6, uh, I had to read that again, in 18 innings. They also beat uh, Stony Brook 6-5 over 15 innings this weekend. But, um, you know, they had a freshman, Zach Konstanovsky, uh, who was dominant in three innings. They picked up a couple of transfer pitchers, Jordan DiCiaro and Jordan Falco, who pitched really well. You have Christian Coppola back, who pitched for Team USA. He was all Big Ten freshman uh, last year. Uh, as their ace uh, emerging for Steve Owens. Uh, Tony Santamaria is healthy and back. Uh, Trevor Cohen, it looks like he's emerging. You have Josh Kuroda Grauer. There's a lot of talent on this team, too, for a winning baseball program the last few years. That didn't take the step forward. We hoped they would last year, but I think they will this coming spring. And then I am going to end up with men's basketball because I think that that, in terms of this team, it's so interesting because – their style is so different. The roster is built so different from years past. The leadership is different. Everything is different. However, everything's the same because of Steve Peichel in terms of the ethos of the program, the the, the culture, the, the identity. You know, this team is 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 being picked ninth or tenth, but basically everybody. Uh, there's some eighth mixed in there, uh, but you know the national guys they, they don't know and they they all piggyback and copy off each other it's like oh he picked them ninth we'll pick them ninth too or pick them tenth we'll pick them tenth you know it's it, it's it's just it's it's uh it's it's lazy and listen men's basketball it's not going to be a straight line up right it's it's this team has some things they have to and i wrote about the wings today you know the wings are unproven i think there's a lot of talent there obviously gavin griffiths i really like antonio troll you have andre high who's very versatile um, and then, of course, Oscar Palmquist, but there's not a lot of proven production there. So 
this team is going to get better. I think the way this team is in November and how they are in late February is going to be different. I think they're going to be better as the year goes on. Um, and I think obviously avoiding landmines in the non-conference is huge uh, to put yourself in a position to make the postseason in February and really finish the season strong. The Big Ten is going to be good. It's not going to be great. It's going to be wide open. And I think the style in which Rutgers is going to play, they're going to get used to that. But my point in, in terms of kind of the moment for this program is that there, there's a, a real transition going on, both in recruiting, both in how they're going to play as a program. You know, of course, you know, Steve Pagels talked about the defense and um, the way they played half-court defense in the perimeter to come back against St. John's down 20 in the second half. And by the way, the St. John's, you know, yeah, they lost to pace in an exhibition. Uh, you know, Joel Soriano, the best player, did not play. Jordan Dingle didn't play. Uh, you know, the guy Taylor, that absolute Glenn Taylor, who destroyed Rutgers the week before, played nine minutes. Uh, the, Patino did not play that game the way he normally would play it. So don't overread into exhibitions and scrimmages and all that stuff. Uh, the games are going to count for real next week. Rutgers host, uh, plays Princeton at Trenton. I'm going to be there. Uh, super, super excited for that. Um, but my point is, I think it's going to be a really fun team. And I think no matter what their final result is, no matter what their record is, this is ushering in a change in the trajectory of the program in terms of how they play, how they're building the roster talent-wise. And it's 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 a seminal moment in Steve Peichel's tenure. I truly believe that. Before it even happens, I think it's going to be. And that's really exciting. And I think expectations have to be held in check. But yes, I think this team's gonna have a winning record. And yes, I think I think they have certainly enough to get back to the NCAA tournament. And I'm gonna have plenty of preview coverage the rest of the week. Jerry Carino is gonna be on later this week too. But I just think in terms of you look at men's basketball, you look at baseball, you look at wrestling, women's basketball, you know, all those teams are shifting a bit. And Maybe they all took you – know, well, women's basketball didn't take a step back last year, but they all – you know, wrestling, baseball, men's basketball all took steps back last year. Um, and I think they're all positioned to take steps forward this year, both in their actual seasons and the trajectory of their programs long-term. Men's soccer, I think, is kind of a step behind in that. I think they're they're getting their step back right now. And next season, you're going to see some changes that are going to benefit them. And I don't mean any like crazy changes. I just think that they're going to learn from this. They're going to learn from this and figure out what they need to do better to be better. Jim McKeldry is going to figure it out. He's a great coach. Uh, then you have women's soccer. It's a little bit in transition. But again, if it could be a transitional year, you still make the NCAA tournament, hopefully get a win. They still have every opportunity to do that. And then field hockey is really where of any of the programs, they have a chance to make a real championship run here. So it's, it's exciting. It's exciting time to be a Rutgers fan. I know not everybody's into all the sports, but I wanted to kind of profile all those sports in this episode, episode 199. I can't believe episode 200. Going to get it out on Halloween. Have no idea what it's going to be about. Don't ask me. I try to get that mailbag back together, but I, I, I will get it back together soon. But um, you know, it's just how I flow. I, whatever's in my head that day is what the podcast is going to be. And I'll have to get it out early because it's Halloween. I get it home for trick-or-treating. I'm completely rambling now. I truly appreciate everyone who reads thescarletfaithful.com and who follows the podcast here at The Scarlet Faithful. And Rutgers has a lot going on. Football, huge opportunity this weekend. And really, it's about, 
yes, it would be beyond our wildest dreams to beat Ohio State. And it listen, it's possible. But the way they're positioned for the rest of the month is better than we thought even a week and a half ago. And this team's just got to keep playing together and keep getting better and play within themselves, you know. And I'm really curious to see what the game plan is with Kirk Sherrock on offense this week. You got you got to go for it at some point. So there's just there's just a lot of positive vibes right now, and I'm excited to go through it with you. Thank you for listening to the Scarlet Faithful podcast or watching once again.